Uh, we're in a series of the hearts on fire, and uh, we've been looking at what it means to have our hearts on fire, but it is what it means to be uh, totally all for thee, like that song that we just sang, uh, taking our lives and giving it all to him. Uh, the first week we looked at uh, we're on a new road, we're on a new life with Jesus. The second week we looked at that we have a new identity in Jesus uh, to live for him. Uh, then we saw that uh, we're in a life that is to encourage one another to grow up in Jesus. There were hearts on fire for each other and our greatest desire for each other is to grow up in him. And then uh, last week we saw that we're on hearts on fire, oh, which I can't remember. I've just had a metal block. What did we do last week? The lost! See, I was lost. Completely lost in the middle of that. Gone. Hearts on fire for the lost. Uh, and remember that uh, we have the great news of reconciliation, don't we? that we can have the news of people can become friends with God and God has stepped in and done that through Jesus. It's a great message. Uh, and this week we're going to be thinking about what does that look like. So we're building on all those things. We're building these building blocks of what it looks like of being having our hearts on fire uh, for Jesus, hearts on fire for God. And this week we're looking at having our hearts on fire for our community. So we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter uh, 6, verses 1 to 10. We're going to be concentrating on the last part of that, but it's good to see it in context. So Joan's going to come up and read that for us, which will be great. It will be on the screen as well, but uh, follow along. Good to have your Bibles open. Thanks, Paul. Uh, The heading is Doing Good to All, Galatians 6, 1 to 10. Brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else, for each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will will reap destruction. The one who sows to to please the spirit, from the spirit will will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. May the Lord add his blessing to that reading. Thanks, Jane. As I said, we're going to be concentrating on the second half of that verse mainly this morning. And there's a great little saying in there, isn't there? A man reaps what he sows. It's a great little proverb. Uh, There's lots of good proverbs out there in the world. Uh, My sister, who's on Facebook a lot, uh, loves proverbs, loves little sayings. There's sayings that have got great things about them. And lots of them are quite good, aren't they? They have some really good stuff about them. Uh, There's ones you had there. Childhood is not a race to see how quickly a child can read. Right and count. Childhood is a small window of time to learn and develop at a pace which is right for each individual child. That's nice, isn't it? It's not too bad. It's pretty good, isn't it? Nice little proverb in one sense. There's another one she had. It's not what we have in life, but who we have in our life that matters. Yeah, they're lovely. My sister has hundreds of these on her thing. I could keep going forever. But 
One more. Yeah, warm fuzzies is what they are, aren't they? Uh, I stay up ev- late every night and realise it's a bad idea every morning. Uh, it's a bit of a... You can work that one out, isn't it? Uh, Proverbs, they're okay, aren't they? And there's, with general wisdom in the world, there's general wisdom around us in all different parts of the world. Uh, different places we go to, different things that we look at. And, and the Bible actually has a lot of general wisdom in it as well. It has a whole book dedicated to general wisdom called Proverbs. And what they've done is they've taken some different things from their local culture and their, their world that they lived in and also other things and placed it into one book called Proverbs, which is wisdom literature. And they're good things, aren't they? And, and the amazing thing is that God can take those things, the writers of the Bible can take those things and bring them into Scripture and then give them an even bigger meaning and show them how they relate to God's world and what he's on about. And so that's what we have here in Galatians chapter one verses, uh, chapter 6, verses 1 to 10. We have that. One day I'll get this right, won't I? Maybe. Uh, we have this lovely proverb called, Reap what you sow. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a good saying, isn't it? It's a good proverb, isn't it? Uh, it, if you, what you reap, what you sow is what you reap. Uh, you can only reap what you sow. You can't put something in the ground and get something other out of it. it it's, a ver- it's a truism, isn't it? Uh, it's a great one. Gordon's uh, not here today, Gordon Lowry, but imagine if Gordon Lowry was a cane farmer. Joe's here, he's a cane farmer. Yeah, Robert's here, Julianne, they're cane farmers. Now imagine if they went out and they planted in November cane and then they came back out in late uh, May, June, and they looked, and there were sunflowers everywhere. They would think, what on earth is going on? They've planted cane, they've turned up with sunflowers. Well, they might find a bunch of marijuana in the middle, and they realise someone's got in there. That, that happens around here. But if sunflowers turned up, think, what on earth's happening? It doesn't happen, does it? You plant, you sow something, and you get it out the end. You reap what's there. And the same here. What he's saying is, in our lives... If we plant things, if we sow things, then we're going to reap in return. Uh, here we're talking specifically more about spiritual stuff, aren't we? We're talking about what it is to sow spiritually in life. And Joan gave us a good example of that last week. I don't know whether you were here, but she said, uh, we've been given the fruit of the Spirit, which is all those different things, and we're to use them and plant them out, in a sense, in our lives. And if you go back to Galatians chapter 5, the end of the passage there, you'll see what the fruit of the Spirit is. Love, gentleness, patience, kindness, goodness, all those things. We are to plant them out. And that's what we are to do. We're to show that and do that wherever we are. And we're to do that to the spiritual sense, aren't we? We're to go out and do that. If we sow that... Then we're going to reap back the rewards of that. Uh, it's not only spiritual, but it's just generally in life, isn't it? Uh, this sense, if we sow anger, mistrust, then we're going to get anger and mistrust back, aren't we? People aren't going to like us. It's going to happen that way. If we sow gossip, then don't be surprised that gossip comes back at you. If you sow bad uh, service in your business, then you'll reap no business. Won't happen, will it? It's a good saying, is it's a good proverb, and it's a true proverb. And God has brought it into his word and says to us, this is really important for you guys in regards to how you live your lives as followers of Jesus. We need to sow to the spirit, he says, and not to the flesh, in verse 8. Oh, for goodness sake. Whoever sows, look at that verse 8, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. 
Uh, what it means to the flesh there, it doesn't just mean to regards to how this flesh in one sense, what it's talking about there is flesh, is anything that we do that isn't driven by Jesus and for his glory and to what he's on about. And when it talks about the spirit, is anything that is towards Jesus and what he's on about. Uh, sometimes uh, when people hear the flesh there and if you're a critic of the Bible, say, ah, they're just talking about sex. <laughs> Wipe out the sex, you can't have that, that's not about that, it's about doing stuff that way. No, it, it, it's bigger than that. It's not just one aspect, it's about living our lives, sowing it to do what Jesus would want us to do, or sowing to what doesn't help us to become like Jesus. I'm about to throw this out the window. Sowing to the Spirit is uh, to do anything that helps us to become more like Jesus. Okay? That's what it means to sow to the Spirit. Because you remember, it's in the Galatians, it's in chapter 5, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Who is that? That's Jesus. That's how he lives. That's what, how we're supposed to live. So sowing to the Spirit is doing anything that enables us to become more like Jesus. Sowing to the flesh is doing anything that hinders us to become more like Jesus. So anything takes us away from him. And so that's what we need to remember. That's what we're to be on about. If we are to be people who are to live our lives as followers of Jesus, then we are to live lives that sow things that help us to become more like Jesus and demonstrate that to others. Remember last week we saw that we are to live lives worthy of Jesus. That is to live lives that sow to the Spirit. That's what a life worthy of Jesus is. And remember, we've got to be careful, don't we? Uh, as I said in the kids' talk, uh, what it talks about sowing to the Spirit, in a minute we're going to say that's about doing good. And then we've got to be careful that we don't think that doing good is what makes us right with Jesus, does it? And that was last week's talk, isn't it? Last week we are made right with, Je- with God through Jesus because Jesus takes our sin for us. But in becoming a follower of Jesus, then we are to live and sow to the Spirit, to Him. That's what verse 8 is, isn't it? Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Uh, we need to keep that in mind as we go about these things. There's a great little saying which is taken a bit from this. Uh, sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. We've got to keep thinking about what we do, don't we, so that we become more and more like Jesus in every way and every shape. And what this passage goes on to say, if you reap in what you sow, verse 10 says, well, what should we do? We need to do good. We need to sow good seed. We need to sow good into other people's lives. If you ever look at the passage, there's three goods that he talks about there. Uh, if you notice, three times he mentions good. Can anyone, if anyone's got their Bible open, where's the first one? Does anyone know what it is? Jump back to verse Five or six. So good to, or give good to all those that instruct you, teachers. To me, <laughs> there you go. Verse six. It says, "So good to pastors." It says, "We are to so good to them." That's where the very first word of good comes up in this passage. That we are to look after those that teach us. You are to give good back to anyone who instructs you. Now, I'm not going to go on about that because it's not what we're about today. But what it's saying to us is that you should be looking after and caring for and sharing all good things with those who instruct you, those who teach you, your pastors, your teachers, if you're from another church. This is a great encouragement for you to say you need to care for and look after those that teach you the word. And 
what this tends to mean is that you are to give opportunities for those who teach you to be able to do that well. So what we've seen is that one sense is that you give an opportunity for me, which is my guys, which is great, that you actually give money to the church that gets to pay me and Matt so that we're able to teach the Bible well. So we don't have to work anywhere else but work at understanding the Bible and teach you guys well. That's how you share the good with us. This isn't so much that you have to bring around cakes or you bring us meals or you... No, you can do that. Feel free. Uh, it's not that idea. It's so that you provide for us, for Matt and I, so that we're able to have good time set aside so we can get our heads into the Bible so we can teach it and pastor you well. That's what it means, the good there. And then there's a second one. If you look in verse 10, uh, we had a good, good to all people, it says there, doesn't it? And that's what we're going to concentrate on today. We're going to spend the last little bit of this talk thinking about what it is to do good to our community, to do good to all people. And then thirdly it says that we are to sow good to each other in verse 10. And we've been thinking about that over the last couple of weeks, haven't we? What is it to love each other? How do we do good for each other? How do we show love to one another around us? And that's what we've been doing in the last couple of weeks. We've been thinking about that. Uh, but today what we're going to be thinking about specifically is how do we do good to all? How do we show love to our community? How do we bring the transforming nature of Jesus and how he's transformed our lives into the community that we live in? How can we impact this community for Jesus? How do, can we do good for those around us? And that's what we're going to be thinking about for the last little bit now. Uh, the first thing we need to realise, isn't it, that the best good that we can bring to anybody is the good news of Jesus. It's the gospel, isn't it? Last week in uh, 2 Corinthians we saw that the gospel is all about how Jesus has reconciled us to God. He who had no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. That is the gospel. That is the good news. That is the best that we can bring to anyone. And the good news about that is that when we look at it in the Bible and we see how that works out, that's done, not separated from doing good, it's combined with doing good. It's about doing life and sharing Christ together. That's what our theme for the year is. Sharing life and sharing Christ. That's the two together. Sometimes I think in Christianity we've thought, oh, well, I just need to tell people about Jesus. I don't have to think about anything else, about doing good. Sometimes it's been, well, I just do good and I don't share Jesus. But the Bible says, no, no, those two things are interrelated. You cannot separate the two. If you're going to share Jesus, then you need to be doing good in the community. If you're doing good, then you need to be sharing Jesus with the community. The two come together. And sometimes the two are one. Sometimes just doing good is actually sharing the gospel sometimes. Sometimes speaking it and that is doing good to somebody. You just don't separate it. Too often in Christianity we try to say, well, okay, it's just about telling people about this. Oh, it's just about doing... No, no, it's the two together. You cannot separate them. That's why we talk about sharing life and sharing Christ. Interrelated, that's what we're on about in 2015 here at Evans Head Prezi. And so today we want to think about how do we do that? How can we be in our community and do good within it to have the opportunity to show the transforming love of God, to show the transforming grace of Jesus, to show that the transforming life of Jesus has on us. Uh, I read an article recently. It's an American article. But uh, this article went in and surveyed 43,000 people. And in that survey it asked... What are the things that you love to see in a community? What makes you love the community that you're in? 
And so they came back with three things as being the three things that, we, that people love. The first one is social offerings. Places where people could meet each other and a feeling that people in the community could me- care about each other. Places to gather, places to be where people feel safe and are able to share. That's what people love about communities. Social offerings. Uh, the second one was openness. Uh, how welcome the community is to different types of people. Uh, families, elderly, uh, young children, minorities, uh, talented college graduates. That's a typical American term, isn't it? But uh, the idea that this is openness, that there's a place where people are welcome and part of and felt like they can connect here. And the last one was aesthetics, the physical beauty of the community, including the availability of parks and green spaces. Sometimes we forget that, don't we? We just think, well, it's just about all these other things. But actually, the physicalness, what's around us, the aesthetics, does make a difference to how we feel about places, doesn't it? If you drive into a town and you see rubbish up the side of the road, you immediately don't feel as good about it, do you? If you see a burnout car on the side of the road as you're going into town and the first house you come in is completely run down and dilapidated, you don't feel great about it, do you? You think, oh, I'm not stopping here, I'm going to keep going. But if it's nice and bright and colourful and clean and look at it, you think, oh, this is pretty nice. Isn't it? Aesthetics play a big part in things. And so what this study was saying, uh, pulling all together, there's three things, in a sense, social offerings, openness and aesthetics, which make people want to love and enjoy the community that they're in. I thought this was really interesting. Very interesting. I thought, well, how do we, as followers of Jesus, who want to do good to all those around us, who want to bring the transforming life of Jesus in us, within to this community, how can we help with these things? I thought, well, it's worth us thinking, isn't it? What things are we involved in that help those three areas? What things do we do that we actually can step in and help out in those three areas specifically. Now, there's lots of things lots of us do. Uh, a number of years ago, we went through and just wrote up on the board all the different organisations and uh, things in town that people from our little family, church family here, were in. And there was hardly one that we could think of that someone from our community here weren't a part of in the community out there. I thought, How good is that? That's great, isn't it? Uh, that we're spreading that out and we're part of that and we're in that. Uh, but within that, it's good for us to think about how can we be a transforming force within it. But also I thought maybe it's worth us thinking too whether what we're in is really helping along the lines of these three areas. Because they're the three things that people want to see the most and want to make the difference in their community. So it's just a question for you to have a think about. What things are you involved in? What things are your activities you're involved in? And are they helping out in these three areas? And the other thing I think we should be thinking about is, well, what does God want to do within that? Uh, what does God want to see within that? And we're just going to quickly, very, very quickly, because it, uh, I don't want to take up too much more time, but uh, we're going to have a look at Isaiah uh, chapter 65, verses 17 through to 25. I'm going to read through that with you. And just highlight 14 passions of God for his community. And then think about, you can actually put these into some of those three categories if you like. Uh, Isaiah 65, this passage is a passage that is almost a picture of heaven. It's a picture of the new heaven and the new earth. It's a picture of the transformed 
uh, society that God is going to bring about ultimately in the end. But in a sense, it also shows us where his passions and where he's at and what he wants to see in the community and the society that we live in. And in that sense, we can take these things and say, well, okay, let's be involved in these areas and help transform the community that we're in as we impact these areas and work through these areas. Uh, there it says, uh, verse 17, See, I will create a new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sounds of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Never again will there be an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at a hundred will be thought of a mere child. The one who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the, tr- the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labour in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. That's a lot taking, isn't it, in a very short period of time. But I'm encouraging you, those who are in growth groups, to uh, add this into your uh, sheets this week. I haven't put that in there because I only came across that while I was preparing it this week. Uh, Add Isaiah 65 verses 17 to 25 in your study notes and have a think through how this impacts how you can be bringing good and doing good in the community around us. And there's 14 things I picked out of it. Oh, there's an extra bit as well. There you go. Uh, 14 there. Uh, The first one is the city is a delight. That's that first question, isn't it? Uh, the openness of the place, a place where people enjoy what's going on. Uh, the people are a joy. Uh, being people who are in your community, who love your community and show that you love the community. Bob Chapman's not here today, but I reckon he is the biggest ambassador for Evans Head anywhere, anytime. If you talk to Bob about Evans Head, he can't believe that everyone doesn't live here. And if anyone leaves here, he's absolutely shocked. He can't believe anyone would ever leave Evans Head. He is a great ambassador. He brings delight and joy because he loves the place. And that's what we're to be like in the community that we live. Not everyone lives in Evans, I know you don't, but we're all in this community, aren't we, between Broadie and Woodburn and Curacai, uh, Wardell. This area within, we are to love it, delight in it, be a joy within it. We are to show that by how we live in it. Uh, we are to care for the sick, it says in verse 19. Uh, in verse 20, it says that where the well-being of children is a very big part of what it, God is talking about. How do we think about that? How are we involved in our schooling? How are we involved in our preschools? What sort of place is Evans Head for our kids? Do we have a great sense of providing a place where they love being here and living here? Our elderly will live longer, it talks about, doesn't it? How do we provide for our elderly? Well, we don't have the nursing home, which probably is a tragic thing for Evans Head. But how can we, as people, help those who are elderly in our community? Uh, Housing, providing housing. Evans Head is not a cheap place to live, is it? How can we help in that situation? How can we help provide opportunities in that area? Food. There should be no one in Evans Head who goes hungry, should there? How can we help provide food for people? Justice. The sowing and reaping and doing what is right within that option. Uh, Youth. Can they see the rewards for hard work? Uh, meaningful work in verses 22 and 23. 
intergenerational family support. Across the board there needs to be support. Now Evans Head is a quite a unique place in one sense is that not many of us have our families live here or definitely not our grandparents or our parents. How can we provide that support when we don't have them blood relatives here? How can we show intergenerational support across our community? How can we help those with young kids when ours are gone? How can we be grandparents to those who don't have that around us? How can we do that? A hopeful future. You know, sometimes it's all doom and gloom, isn't it? The world's gone to the pack. Everything's hopeless. This place is ruined. You're never going to get a job. You're never going to be able to own a house. You're never going to be able to have... That destroys people, doesn't it? We need a hopeful future. That doesn't mean that we have our blinkers on and say, you know, we don't realise that the world is broken. That's not what the Bible's about, is it? The Bible's very real about the brokenness of the world. But it has a great hope, doesn't it? That it's not going to stay that way. That we can be transformed within it. Uh, Connected to God. Uh, Verse 24. Now that's where we need to... We've been talking about that, haven't we? How do we help people come to know Jesus? Because that's where the connection happens. And the absence of violence. Now this is a picture of eternity, isn't it? This is a picture of heaven, all right, ultimately. But when we see the picture of heaven, it helps us come back and see how do we help, in one sense, bring some of that about within the community that we live in. Realising the brokenness of the community, but realising that we are to be people who bring transformation into communities. As we live for Jesus, we not only have it impact our lives, but it's to impact the communities that we live in. The transformative nature of the gospel is to transform communities as well. How can we do good for all around us? How can we sow into our community? I'm not going to tell you how to do that. It's up for you guys to think that through. I know a lot of you are already sowing into our community in amazing ways involved in so many different aspects and bringing the good news of Jesus and the way that you live and how you do that around you. But I want to encourage you, one, is to think about those three things we had at the beginning of what this community, that, that what they, people want in the community and then think about what God's passions and priorities are in community and then think about what you're involved in the community and how can you bring those two together. Think about the places that you're in. Think about the people that you're connected to. Think about the neighbourhood that you live in. Think about the people around you and how you can bring the transformative nature of the gospel to them by doing good to everyone as you have opportunity to do. And it says, don't grow weary of it, guys. That's not always easy, is it? It's not always tough and you're not always going to get a pat on the back and say, how good of you for doing that. I love the fact you're doing it. More often than not, it might be just completely overlooked in this. But not in God's eyes. He sees that that is bringing the transformative nature of the gospel into the community that you love. It's bringing sharing life and sharing Christ to the community that we live in. I'll leave you with a quote from uh, Martin Luther King. It says this, But the end is reconciliation. The end is redemption. The end is the creation of the beloved community. It's this type of spirit and this type of love that can trans form opposes into friends. The type of love that I stress here is not eros, a sort of aesthetic or romantic love, not a filia or a sort of reciprocal love between personal friends, but is agape, which is understanding goodwill for all people, all men, 
It's an overflowing of love which seeks nothing in return. It's the love of God working in the lives of men. This is a love that may well be the salvation of our civilization or the salvation of our community. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just take a moment to allow some of that to settle in and to digest it. It'll probably take a little bit more than just the time we've had here this morning. We pray, Father, that we can go from here and think about how we can do good to all as we have opportunity to do, Lord. Help us to see your priorities, your passions. Help us to understand them and then take that and seek to bring that into the communities that we live. Seek to bring the light of the gospel into the organisations and into the places around us which you've put on our hearts, Lord, for you. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we seek to live lives where we sow to the Spirit, as we live lives that help us become more and more like you, as we sow good into our community, Lord, that more and more people will want to know, more and more people will come to know the transforming love of Jesus in their lives. Heavenly Father, we pray this morning that we won't be just people who have read and heard your word, but we'll be people who are transformed and changed by your word, who go out and live in our community as lights for you, as we share our life, as we share Jesus, as we do good to all those that you place around us. We ask this 